Hello and welcome to the second episode of Be Positive Shoot Negative Podcast. Today we have an interview with Kyle McDougall. He has a great podcast called The Contact Sheet and even a better portfolio of work. Let's hop right in. Um, so is this pretty new for you? Uh, yes. This podcast? This is literally my second episode. Oh, no way. Yeah, so uh, I don't know if you've ever... Uh, Bray Hunsicker. Uh, oh, yeah. I know Bray. Yeah, so I interviewed him last week. Oh, cool. Bray's a really cool dude. I, I mean, I don't know him too well other than just like chatting back and forth online and stuff. Yeah, he. it was actually a really nice interview. He he was really nice and like he came on for my first show and it was it was really nice. I reached out to him and he was like, we were scheduling it for like two, three weeks to get it planned out and everything. Sweet. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I'll have to check that out. Bray seems like a cool dude. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's hop right in. Um, so when you were starting out in photography, what were you like mostly shooting like, um, like cameras or scenes? So I started out like, I, it's funny. I always like say a different number every time I say how long I've been doing this, but it's somewhere like 12 to 15 years. Um, so I started out digital, um, right when digital was kind of becoming a thing. And I was mainly attracted to like, like traditional landscape photography. So like um, just where I live, there's a lot of lakes and forests and I was like still am a big fan of the outdoors. So I was doing a lot of like, um, like, yeah, I guess you would call it traditional landscape photography. So like sunrise, sunset, you know, dramatic scenes, waterfalls, coastal, all that kind of stuff, which uh, like I loved, I loved that kind of photography, but then I, I, it also just gave me like a really good reason to like travel and and go try and explore and stuff. Um, So I did that up until about 2016, 2017. So for quite a long time, um, that was like what I was all in on and I did it uh, like made some of my living from it and wrote for some magazines and did shows and this and that. But uh, that kind of carried me through and was what kind of fueled my photography until I got to a point where I just started to lose interest in it. Yeah. Yeah. Which dragged out for a while because I did like I had a hard time accepting that and I just tried to like, you know, force it and push through things. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, that and then in 2017 is when I, kind of made a shift with my work and uh, discovered kind of the stuff that I'm working on now and switched to film. And uh, it's what I've been uh, focused on basically for the last three years now. But uh, the funny thing is, is I actually went to school for film production back in like 05 or something when I was first getting into photography. Like so, making uh, movies and stuff? Yeah, yeah. So uh, it was like uh, film school. I went for two years and uh, we basically trained on like 16 mil like old bolex cameras shooting super 16 so like and and i loved it like that's why i wanted to work with film so it's it's funny looking back at it now you know i got out of school i went into video production and photography full-time it was purely digital and then it wasn't until you know i'd always been like oh i want to i should shoot some films sometime for my photography Um, but i just never did so it wasn't until yeah quite recently that I, i switched yeah like how with me it was like in college like 2017 um i really i like watched one youtube video and i was like oh i wonder how it would be so i got like this really beat up like ten dollar film camera and i shot it and then i did like a photojournalism class and they required i have to have a digital camera so like it was kind of backwards for me like i got really into film Mm -hmm. and then it was like digital and then i got kind of bored of digital and now i'm just like strictly shooting film that's awesome, man. And that's the beauty of it, right? It's like you go through these phases, you find yeah. one thing that works, and then you, you find something else. So I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, just using whatever 
whatever works for you at the moment. Yeah. So you talk about consistency in your work and your workflow. Um, how has that mentality helped you like when you go out and take photos and how can that mentality like help someone who's just starting out in photography? Yeah, I think consistency is an interesting one because it can apply to so many different things. But I think like the most uh, in like the broadest sense, I think if I had to say why I think it's important, I think consistency is it's a it's a must if you for if you want to be an artist or um, or an entrepreneur or whatever it is, just because like there's so many highs and lows. Right. Yeah. And it's so like so. For me, like I said, in 2016, I kind of had this falling out with the, the photography that I'd done for so many years, uh, but I, I, never, I never quit, right? Like I never gave up on it. And yeah. I, I was just like, okay, well, I'm going to push through this and either, you know, uh, convince myself that this is for me or I'm going to find something else. So it was like two years of me not giving up, of still going out, of shooting, of like going through these moments of like huge frustration, self-doubt with my work, all this kind of stuff. Um, but that ultimately led me to the work I'm doing now, which I discovered just by chance because I was still forcing myself to go out. So I think consistency, um, that's like a really broad example of how it's important. But then I think it applies to everything. Like, you know, if you wanna do photography as a career, if you, or for like, if you're working on your social media, like all of these things, most things start out really exciting, you know, and it's like the first like yeah. week or two of a new endeavor, you're really into it. And then regardless of what it is, it starts to become, there's points where it's like hard, it's boring, it becomes a drag. Yeah. And it's like, that never goes away regardless of how much experience you have. So I think consistency uh, in, in situations like that is really important because like for so many, like for me, like so many projects I've done or if it's like being, you know, keeping up to date with my social media, trying to grow my following or photography projects, like every single one, there's this theme where it's like, there were just moments where I didn't want to do it, but I had to keep working essentially. Yeah. Keep consistent. Well, like um, I recently rewatched your Route 66 video, the one where you did mm. like the two parts. You yeah. mentioned how like it was in like around that 2017 time is where you got your film camera. Like how did that whole situation happen? So basically me and my wife, we were on like a giant road trip for, we, kind of i'll try and make this long story short but i've been running a video production company my wife had been working on the same job for a while we had a house and a dog and like we were right we were really settled and uh we just weren't super happy because we were so so busy with stuff yeah. so we basically sold our house uh, i sold my half of the business to my partner we got rid of everything and we bought a truck and trailer and went and traveled uh north america this road trip for almost a year and that was right at the point where i was going through that burnout with my landscape photography uh -huh. Um, but it was like the first time in a really long time where I was able to just go and kind of be curious, you know, like there was, it was almost like a reset button. There was no pressure. I was kind of done with the landscape photography. And then, uh, we were in, we were in Oregon in Portland and I found a, uh, a film camera shop and I bought a Yashica Matt 124G and it was like, man, it just brought back this like excitement and curiosity that. I hadn't really felt since like the start of my career, you know? Yeah. Did and, it like slow everything down for you? Like, uh, how? Not really. Just because my work was always really slow with the landscape photography I did. Uh -huh. Really kind of like slow and methodical, but it was almost just like this reset. I didn't know what I was interested in uh, anymore. The film camera was just exciting to use. I bought a bunch of different film stocks. I didn't really know anything. I was, I was like fresh. Right. Yeah. And 
just go and I would just shoot whatever. And then obviously it helped that we were traveling and going through all these yeah. different landscapes. So I was, you know, all of a sudden out of my normality and I was finding all these new areas that interested me. So it was, it was kind of like a combination of like discovering film again and then obviously uh, discovering all these new landscapes as well. A big one being uh, the, the Southwest in America. Is that like where the exposure tests came about when you were used to do those? Yeah, yeah, man. I was just like, because like I said, I did, I, I've done video production forever, like professionally. Uh, so YouTube was kind of like a way to do that as like a creative outlet. But then also yeah. I was just like, you know, it would be, probably be super helpful if I just made videos about like the things I'm learning, right? So I was like, I'm legitimately curious about like, you know, what are the limits of Portra? So why don't yeah. I just find out and I'll film it and then hopefully it helps some other people as well. Yeah, it, that helped actually a lot when I was starting out. It was like, you're able to see like, okay, when I'm if I accidentally overexposed or like when I'm if I like really underexposed, am I able to get an image? Um, so you, the American Mile, uh, you mentioned that like when traveling across the United States for nearly a year and the farther you got off like the main road, you started mm -hmm. Uh, to like find these sobering reminders of both the speed at which time moves and the unpredictability of the future. How was that as an artist make you want to create a portfolio of work and experiences and what were the driving factors behind this work? So, you know, what's interesting is like that, like how it's like conceptualized and how I write about it now was something that was like after the fact, you know what I mean? Like that, mm -hmm. I, it's like once I was able to sit with the work for a while and, and really think about things behind it, that's when I kind of came to those conclusions. But I think so much of our work is like based off of like intuition at the start, right? Like for, it's as, for me, it's as simple as like, there are just things that excite me when I see them as a photographer. And I think it's the same for all of us, you know, like these areas or these subjects, like, you know, when you see something that excites you, right? Yeah, you just take uh, a picture and you're like, oh, I, I don't know what it was, but something about it was I wanted to capture. For sure, man. So as we got to like the, um, the Southwest, so into like uh, Southern California, Arizona, Nevada, places like that, I was, I was in these landscapes that I'd been before, but never had an opportunity to explore like that. And I was just like so fascinated and addicted to like driving these you know, back roads and finding these old ghost towns or these old kind of relics. And it was just like, just an incredible sense of like discovery for me because it's so different from where I, I am. So I just became obsessed with those areas and, and ended up working on that portfolio for like the next three years, basically. I, I stopped earlier this year. Uh, so it was after it was after that kind of first year, once we got back from our travels and I was able to kind of sit with the work a little bit where I was able to think like, okay, you know, what, like, what, what is it that really attracts me other than the aesthetics of these places, yeah. right? Because there's these amazing old signs, you know, these like empty, empty desert landscapes and stuff. But um, yeah, that's kind of where I, I drew those conclusions just about, like, they are a reminder. You see these places, right? Yeah. Like an old gas station that's empty. And you're, if you think about it, you're like, you know, really not that long ago, like 50, 60 years ago, someone was like opening this business and it was like a new and exciting endeavor for them. Yeah. And now it's like laying empty, right? Yeah. So that's are you, fascinating. Are you doing like a book or like a zine or something? Or is it just going to be like something digitally? No, I, I have plans to do a book. And I'm kind of starting that process a little bit. Um, so, 
yeah, hopefully have something out. It's, whenever people ask me, I'm like, hopefully something later this year. And then someone asks me again, and I'm like, hopefully something next year. Yeah. But, but realistically, I, I, I do hope to have something out like early to mid next year. How many images do you have to like, is there an enormous amount of images that you have to like go through and then like yeah. try and like plan it all out? Yeah, yeah, and I have someone helping me, like I'm talking with the publisher and stuff. Uh -huh. um, but the interesting thing about that project is like that project was very kind of intuition based and like discovery, right? So it, it kind of like came together over these years based on just me like exploring and these things yeah. I discovered. Um, so it's very, it's almost like it fits the mold of like a road trip in a sense, because that's how it was made. Yeah. But um, whereas now for like the work that I'm going to approach moving forward, I'm putting a lot of thought into like beforehand, like, you know, what, how I want it to come together to a, to a certain degree. So, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of images and a little overwhelming to think about trying to uh, pick ones and sequence them. Yeah. Um, walk me through like the process and the steps that you go through, like mentally um, before you actually press the shutter button on a like scene you want to capture. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, that it's changing a little bit. What's interesting is, so when I did the traditional landscape photography for years, I was like super methodical, right? Like I would go to places, I would scout, I would, you know, figure out when the best time is for the right light. I would return multiple times. I would wait for like everything to be perfect. Um, and that's not to say that I'm like lazy now with my approach, but <laughs> one of the things that I think I loved so much about the work that I was creating in the Southwest at the start is I was shooting it all on 35 mil or a lot of it on 35 mil, handheld, shooting in like the middle of the day when the light yeah. um, was so different than what I would have used in the past. So it was like freeing, right? It was like just walking around these locations purely based off of like the light and what attracted my eye and working with things and just like letting go and just having fun with it and getting out of that really kind of structured mindset from before. So Honestly, I know I've, I've said intuition already, but like a lot of it is based off of intuition, what that leads me to, and then working with the light in the best way possible. Um, but that, and then the neat thing as well that I kind of learned about working out in the Southwest is just like, like I said, you know, the previous work I did, I would have never shot at 1 p.m. You yeah. know, in the middle of the day. It's like the harshest light ever, but all of a sudden I'm in this environment where it works, right? Where you have these like pastel tones, these washed out kind of scenes, and it's like, any of the, the twilight sunset work that I created in those areas actually didn't work for me. So it was, yeah. like, it was a cool lesson just about like, uh, you know, there's not one rule that fits every single environment. Do you shoot mostly like portrait 400 to get like that kind of like pastel look or is there like a certain film stock that you know like exactly what you're gonna get? So like I would say 90% of that work was all portrait 400 and I really like how it works out in the desert just because I like what it does with blues. Um, and then I found it like, it does have these pastel colors to a degree, but so do some other film stocks as well. I mean, it all depends uh -huh. on how it's scanned and how you process it. Um, so yeah, Portrait 400. And then what's interesting is since I've been home where I am, like where I live here in Ontario, Canada, mm -hmm. it's a lot of forests and lakes, tons of green, like completely different environment switches and, up everything oh man i so like it's been a couple months here of like me trying to figure out what film stocks i like again and how i like yeah. the process because like portrait doesn't work here you know um so I, I i love that kind of dynamic of film right like choosing the right tool for the right area and stuff have you tried like fuji film with the greens and everything 
I have like, it's funny because that was at first I'm like, oh, well, Fuji's going to be great around here. Uh -huh. uh, I honestly think I just don't really like the color green. And obviously that's a problem here. So I'm like, maybe black and white will work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when, um, when you were starting your podcast, the contact sheet, what were your inspirations behind the podcast? Uh, yeah. So I'm like, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. I think it's a little bit of both, but like I have a tendency to just like start things without really giving them a ton of thought. <laughs> just uh -huh. like, you know, obviously I'm like, it's something that really interests me. So when I started uh, the contact sheet, it was purely based off of just wanting to have conversations with other creatives, but then also just talk about, and I think this is a theme that probably people who listen to the show recognize, just talk about like the realities of being of like creative life, right? So not yeah. so much, like we do get into process and tech a little bit, but like I know as a creative going, you know, doing this for so long that we all kind of go through the same ups and downs and it can be so helpful to like hear other people talk about that. So I love just talking with creatives about like, um, you know, how projects have come together, the struggles they've had, things that have influenced them, just like all these realities of being an artist or being a photographer. Um, and I think that that can, like I get one of the, or probably the biggest, uh, reward for me in doing that show is I get people messaging me uh, quite often just saying like man I was in this like creative rut and like these shows have helped me just want to get back out and I'm just like that for me is like that's the goal because I've been there so many times so like yeah. anything I can do to help other people like grow as an artist or advance their careers or get unstuck or anything like that is kind of what my mission is so is there anything big planned because your first episode came out around like five months ago is yeah. it like is there anything big planned in the future? Like looking back on the last five months, like is there anything that you're like really looking forward to improving or like adding to the show? I would say just being more like consistent with it. Um, like I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I've kept it going. So I have been consistent in that sense, but I, I haven't with that in my YouTube channel, I've, I've, I've been bad with like being like new episode every Monday. Yeah. Right. Instead, I'm like, one week will be Monday, the next week it'll be Tuesday, then I'll uh -huh. release another one on Thursday, and then you won't get one for like a week and a half. But um, so I would say consistency just in terms of like set days and stuff. I just, uh -huh. um, I, I'm just get like this year trying to focus my efforts purely from like a business standpoint as well, uh, like financially making my income off of like everything I'm doing in the photography world now. So yeah. I'm phasing out like commercial video production. So it's very much been a learning curve for me how to juggle all these things. Cause uh, YouTube, I've been trying to do that weekly and it's just like, it's so hard. Consuming. It is. And I love it. I love it, but it is very consuming. So I'm, I'm just, I'm learning as I go how to like juggle these things and operate them in the best way possible to get them out as much as possible. So like right now with the podcast, I have three episodes recorded, um, uh -huh. but like, I was supposed to post like I'm a half a week overdue from getting one up. Right. So it's like, uh, not like not having the content. It's just like, you know, I was out shooting a YouTube video for the entire day yesterday. Uh -huh. And now I'm preparing to move to the UK next Thursday, which is like overwhelming. Itself, yeah. So. It's a lot. Yeah. But um, anyways, I would say, yeah, just getting more um, better at uh, consistency, but uh, I'm learning as I go. Every interview I do, um, I feel like I'm learning and growing, which is kind of what it's all about. Yeah, it's a huge learning curve, like going from like at the university, we had like an actual studio, everything was like live. 
mm-hmm. and transitioning now because of like coronavirus we all have to go do everything at home and transitioning mm-hmm. now to like okay so I have to edit and like if I mess up I have like I can't go back and fix it it's kind of like being live but like there's a lot more like personal touch on it when you do podcasting for sure and that's that's what it's all about too man though like that is what I love about this is the longer I do it like not just podcasting but every anything in this creative world is like it's always messy. Like it just always is, you know, like people yeah. won't, uh, oftentimes people won't start things because they, they, there's like perfectionism. I think we all suffer from it at times, but like every time I do something new and start something new, I'm just like, Oh yeah, this is how it goes. Like it's just messy. right? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, like you've interviewed like Vincent Perry, Kendall McKenzie, William Verbeek and Matt Day. Is there like a favorite episode you have? Honestly, I would say like, and I'm not just saying this to try and like be nice about it all, but like I've enjoyed them all equally. Um, yeah. I, I feel like um, just having a chance to talk with other creatives, like I, for me, I, I hope it comes across this way for the audience and then for the guests as well that I'm interviewing. But like, it's always, every conversation has just felt very kind of comfortable and, and, and just like natural in a sense of, of like, if we were sitting down to have like a beer or coffee or something. Yeah. And I think for that reason, I've just enjoyed them all equally because it's every single one of them has just been a chance to like sit with another creative and just like, you know, pick their brain on and learn about them. Which is yeah. Cool. It's kind of like what I'm going for. It's also like getting over the fact of like, just not being nervous because like the people I've talked to, including you, I've like looked up to for years and now just like be able to sit down with someone and not be like starstruck is kind of like, a big learning curve for me but i really appreciate it yeah man well you know what first off thank you it's funny when people say that to me it feels so weird because like i just <laughs> feel like that the same guy i've always been i am the same guy i've always been yeah but um so yeah thank you but i i think like the cool thing is is when you say that like you jumping into this right like of course like that's how everyone starts right like you start these things and they feel weird and they feel foreign like you are you, you aren't used to doing it right yeah of us are used to doing these things that we first start so uh like i always like applaud anyone who's like getting out there and just like starting something man so good for you for for jumping into this yeah i really i really appreciate it um you mentioned that your career as a photographer has been filled with like many ups and downs Uh, have you learned that making an image is actually only like a small piece um it's the journey and the unique situations uh that you face often bring you the most growth what are some of the highlights of your journey that i brought you the most growth Oh man, honestly, like there's a lot of them and I'm trying to be more like lately I'm trying to be more grateful for just like everything, like the small things, right? Like it's easy to stop and think like, you know, what is one of the things that I'm most grateful for my career? And it has to be this like big epic, like, Oh, the time I, but like, honestly, man, I had a shoot just the other day with two of my good friends. We did uh, kind of like a documentary style video production shoot and it was really kind of run and gun. But like we were outside for the entire day in this beautiful area and like the weather was amazing and we were shooting together. I was directing, my buddy was the DP and like, I was just like, this is like amazing. Just being out here with my two friends, doing something we love, collaborating, enjoying these amazing areas. So like, I think just moments like that throughout my career, like, like you kind of said there in your, at, at the start, you know, all of these moments in between. And that's like the, what photography kind of can bring into your life beyond like it's so easy to get caught up about like 
you know, the image or I need to get a book out or my social media didn't grow as much last month or all this crazy shit. Right. Yeah. Sorry, I don't know if we can or not, but it's okay. Uh, um, but then it's like, man, if that's the stuff that you just hyper focus on, like you miss out on so many amazing things. Like even the fact like, um, for yesterday I filmed, I was filming a YouTube episode and be, so I was out shooting photos and be, because of that, that made me drive like two hours to this cool junkyard full of old cars. And I spent like seven hours there, like picking through the weeds. And I'm just like, even if I created nothing, like what a cool, I would have never done this, you know, I would yeah. have never came here and done this. So like just and all the experiences, big and small, all these things that it's led me to do that I wouldn't have done otherwise. I think, um, that's why I think just like, you know, if things, if you're at a point in your career where like something didn't go the way you planned or like you're frustrated or all that, like gotta also make sure you're focused on all of the other things as well that um, are super important, even more important. Yeah. Well, that's all the questions I have for the interview, but I really appreciate you coming on. It means a lot and it's really, it, it was really nice and I, I appreciate it so much. Like you don't know how much I do. Yeah, man. I'm so happy that I'm asking people to come on my podcast all the time. So I could, can't imagine ever saying, turning it down. And, and for me, it's all about just these conversations with other creatives. So thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I appreciate it. After recording, Kyle and I talked a little bit longer. He's an amazing person who really is passionate about not only his work, but helping others who are also venturing into photography. You can see Kyle's amazing work on his Instagram at Kyle Madougal as well as his website, kyamodougalphoto.com. You can listen to his podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Also, don't forget to watch and subscribe to his marvelous YouTube channel. Stay safe out there, and thank you for listening. <laughs>